up, fantasy world? Welcome to another episode of Fantasy's Finest Podcast. I am your host, William Spencer, alongside Jalen McQueen. Say what's up, man. What's up, peoples? In this episode, we'll be going over our early rankings for our running backs heading into the 2019 uh, Fantasy Draft. We're doing 11 through 20. We've already given you 1 through 10. In our last episode, we even talked about it on Twitter. Uh, I also want to say a thank you to all the people that participated in that thread. That thread was hilarious, to say the least. So, you know, just wanted to say thank you to all the followers that participated in that thread. They gave their opinions on our rankings from 1 through 10. We really appreciated it. Uh, as always, before we get into our episode, subscribe to the podcast. Share it with your friends and leagues. Uh, you can also follow us across all our social media platforms uh, on IG and Twitter at Fantasy's Finest. Uh, you can like our page on Facebook at Fantasy's Finest. You can also follow me on Twitter at I am Hyperion underscore FPH. You can follow Jalen on Twitter as well at Ace underscore Game Time 215. Also, make sure you go and check out our blog at Fantasy's Finest.wordpress.com. Show us some love there. Uh, follow the blog. We appreciate all the love and feedback that we get. Before we get into the meat of our episode today, let's go into the news and see what's going on around the NFL. All right, first up, this is breaking news. As I was setting up today uh, to do this podcast, this is kind of big for our division. Carson Wentz got a four-year extension worth $145 million, $128 million with $107 fully guaranteed. Is that a good deal for him? I think it's, I think it's a good deal. I think Carson deserves it. Going back to 17, look at if he don't get hurt, then he was MVP. And possibly, possibly, all capital letters would have led his team to the Super Bowl. Then you look at last year. I don't use the injury excuse card, but he played in those 11 games, 27, I mean, 21 touchdowns to seven interceptions. Really good. Uh, but he did also go five and six. So I think with Carson, you can see that he is an NFL quarterback. He's definitely a franchise quarterback. But I think the biggest question is can he lead the team? Um, into the playoffs. We still haven't seen him in the playoffs. That's number one. Number two, Carson has the tendency to look like a deer in headlights uh, under pressure. And just like that, he holds the ball a little bit too long. But um, I can see uh, what the Eagles were thinking. Definitely is a franchise quarterback. I think going into the future, the, he will be really good with the Eagles. We just need to see if Carson can get back to 2017 kind of agree. Um, I'm actually shocked he didn't get a little bit more uh, based on the fact that like you said, he had an almost MVP year. I have to say that he probably would have did a lot better than Foles in the playoffs against the Falcons. Oof. Maybe not as much against Minnesota because you saw what the Eagles did to them. But I think he would have put up more of a fight against Atlanta than uh, Nick Foles did. And when you look at how well Wentz was uh, running the offense in 2017. I know you're not going to pay a guy just based off one year, but that, you know, you have to be honest, that year was spectacular for Carson Wentz. Last season, 
he did. He looked a little iffy. He was coming back from injury. He looked a little shaky. He was shaking off some rust for a couple of games. But he his stats to end the season before he got uh you know before he got hurt, they weren't bad. And he had a he had over a hundred uh hundred point passer rating. So Carson's legit in the passing game. I think that helps. I, I I thought he was going to get a little bit more, but that's a good deal for him. Now you know, you know, we had to have a little response. So Demarcus Lawrence responded via Twitter. He said, "The richer they get, the better it feels when we humble their ass." I'm like, if I'm a Cowboys <laughs> fan, that's exact. Well, I am a Cowboys fan, but you get what I'm saying. That's what I want to see out of my defensive lineman. That's the big guy that we just paid, I want to see him. That's what I want to see. I want to see him out there like, yo, this boy getting paid? That's all right. We're about to put him on his back pockets this season. Huh. Am I allowed to go? Mm-hmm. I hated the tweet from DeMarcus Lawrence. Number one, as a Cowboys fan, I'm tired of, tired of, tired of the talk. I'm tired of DeMarcus Lawrence talking so much. Go out there and play, because when you play against the Eagles, you don't got no sacks. In your, say, with how long he's been in the league? It could be five years. His five years has no sacks. He hasn't touched Carson Wentz one time. And so how did he tweet that right there? How? Uh, see, why you, you got to be such a Debbie Downer? I was just saying this, and just want to throw this out there. Definitely do love all our Twitter followers because we get a lot of responses. We want to keep that going. But one thing I will say about this situation is Carson got paid basically elite money. What was that? 32 mil a year? I want to say here that Marcus Lawrence wasn't worth any of the money he got from him. What? And I'm about to explain it. And y'all know, y'all been listening to uh, Fantasy's Finest, that I don't care about how I react to this. I want to explain why I said exactly that. So, Will, ask me how many sacks Marcus Lawrence had last year. How many sacks did Marcus Lawrence have last year? Ten and a half, right? Three of those sacks came against the Lions. Two came against the Giants in both games against the Giants. So, of that Giants game that you, you know, with their horrible O-line, that we literally mock day in and day out. You are only a you are only you only got one sack a game on that offensive line. Are you serious right now? Let's not just stop there. You had three sacks against Lions. You take that away, you only have seven sacks on a year. You got paid like he's elite. He's nowhere near elite. You look at Joey Bosa. You look at AJ Watt. Look at Clowney, you look at Mac, you look at Vaughn. Where's Tank on that list? So for you to have the audacity to defeat at Carson getting paid like you deserved any of the money that you got? Come on, bro. And then I just want to say one last thing. Demarcus Lawrence, you tweeted, the richer they get, the better it feels when we humble them, right? That tweet applies to you. Shut up. Go out there and get me one sack against the Eagles, which you haven't done in five years. Stop talking so much. Goodness gracious. <laughs> oh, you know what? I'm going to save my rebuttal for Twitter. 
gonna handle you there because we not we, if we get into this we're gonna be all day we're gonna the podcast gonna run we're gonna run out of time talking about this <laughs> so I'm gonna, I'm gonna handle my rebuttal to you on Twitter so y'all stay tuned for that in other news NFL Network insider Ian Rappaport reports that it is an understanding in LA that Todd Gurley will no longer be the bell cow back right now Gurley is still rehabbing from his knee injury from last season. He's uh, attempting to lose weight. He's trying to drop down to 218 to lighten a load on his knee. You know that the Rams have drafted Darrell Henderson in the third round. So it kind of seems like this is actually happening this season. What do you think? Well, after all the backlash that we received on Twitter for me having Todd Gurley number one, looks like he is going to be removed from that top spot. <laughs> uh, I gotta figure out a way to place him in his top twenty, but um, I don't think that he'll be removed from that Bell Kyle spot. I just think right now they're being cautious with it. I think he'll still go through the season as Tigerly, but now now is the worst time because uh, C.J. Anderson's gone, so they definitely have some stuff to figure out. We'll see how that works. But the things that they've done in this offseason kind of they kind of give you a window into what the Rams are secretly trying to do. They've kept Malcolm Brown. They draft. They moved up to draft Darrell Henderson, and they got a couple guys still on the um, team. But with this news coming out about Ty Gurley, it's is more or less saying that they really are planning to move, not move away from Ty Gurley. But just to spread the ball out a little bit more, they have legit wide receivers. So they can spread the ball out and ease up on using Todd Gurley the way that they have. Now that you have Darrell Henderson in your backfield too, and he's a pretty decent pass catcher. So now you have another guy that you can work into that offense that'll help ease the burden on Todd Gurley. In other news, Benjamin Watson was suspended for the first four games of the regular season for violating the league's PED policy. Apparently, when he was when he retired, he started taking treatments uh, to help his body rejuvenate and recover from the, the rigors of the NFL season. Uh, he, was, he wasn't planning to come back, but he started to get offers from teams trying to lure him out of retirement. He ended up picking one of the offers from the Patriots, but he had to let them know that he was taking treatments, supplements that would be considered a banned item on under the PED policy from the NFL. So the team that he ended up picking, of course, was the Patriots. They knew that he was going to get suspended for four games. Do you think that this will hinder the Patriots' offense heading into the season? Because I got more news uh, for the Patriots coming up too. I don't think so. And I guess I don't think so. I mean, if it was such a big deal, then they wouldn't release Safari Jenkins, which is what you're talking about. Oh, you're ruining the surprise. I mean, but you might as well get it all out of the way. <laughs> if it was a big deal, I don't think they would have cut him. Um, I tell you, uh, to the very first episode, what goes up to kill Harry. His stock will rise because of this. This is not really huge. It's Tom Brady. Tom Brady can make anybody good. 
I mean, I'm surprised it's even made the news, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of your boy, Nikhil Harry, he actually got uh, first-team reps heading into the uh, the first day of camp. So you must be on to something. I am. I told you. And finally, Broncos running back Philip Lindsay should be ready for training camp per Vic Fernando Fangio. Lindsay injured his wrist last season against the Oakland Raiders, and he's been recovering from that injury ever since. I still think that Philip Philip Lindsay is good, but I had my chips placed on Royce Freeman. I really wanted him to take off last season, but instead Philip Lindsay blew up. I don't. I, I'm interested actually to see what Philip. Lindsay does this season because um, right now I don't even have him top 20. He's just too injury prone for me to put him up there. But I got to see exactly, you know, how it goes this season. And then I don't know. Maybe we'll see. But as for right now, I I have same thing with Emmanuel Sanders. I got to I gotta see exactly what they do this season. But I can say if he does play to Philip Lindsay of old, then that could turn out to be a steal. Uh, through fantasy, so I say keep your eyes on that news. I have to agree. Well, that wraps it up for our news segment. Now let's get into our rankings, 11 through 20 for our our early running back rankings heading into the 2019 NFL Fantasy Draft. Alright, so we already did our 1 through 10. I think my rankings was a bit better than yours per Twitter. Uh, so what we'll do is we'll start from 11 through 20 and what we'll do is we'll give the number and then we'll give the person who we have slotted in that number and why that sound good. I guess so. Why don't you go ahead and start us off? (laughs) I will. You don't sound too confident. (laughs) I mean, I am, but at the same time, at this point, you just never know. (laughs) <laughs> you just never did. All right. So for me, coming in at number 11, I have Joe Mixon. Now, a lot of people are hype on Joe Mixon coming into this season, but rightfully so. Uh, he had 235 carries last season. Uh, that ranked eighth among running backs. He's a versatile running back that can do damage on the ground and damage through the air. Um, Andy Dalton seems to be comfortable with him. They've made upgrades to the offensive line. He looks like he, he looks like a guy that if he can stay healthy and not get nicked up during the season, he could probably push for top ten. Like I said, I have him just outside of my just outside the top ten. But I think if he can stay healthy through the whole season, he could definitely be he could definitely crack the top ten. Okay. So if I have is Marlon Mack. Ended the year, um, although he played 12 games, he uh, ended the year with the Colts uh, phenomenally. He only played 12 games, but um, he did, I believe he ended the year with, uh, what's that, 900 rushing yards, 9 TDs, almost average 5 yards a pop. Um, I think most definitely he, um, I have him right outside the top 10. I was even thinking about putting him into the top 10. I think he'll be a huge pick if you don't get anybody within that top 10. If you get to like the second or third round, you're still looking for a running back, I would definitely take Marlon Mack, um, especially 
because Andrews Luck passing, you know, his passing ability, the way they run their offense, I feel like Marlon Mack is a steal going into next season. I actually have Marlon Mack ranked 12th in my ranking. Wow. Wow. Um, reason being is because he can do damage on the ground, but he doesn't get he doesn't get enough targets in that offense. I think he can get a little bit more. They should probably bump him up over a sixteen, a full sixteen season, a sixteen game season. But the thing you have to worry about with him is that Naeem Hines is back there, and he's basically their pass catching back um, for the Colts. Marlon Mack has shown that he's versatile enough that he can be a good passer. But when they drafted Naeem Hines and then they used him the way he did, the way they did last season. Um, it it kind of tells me that they want to use Marlon Mack more so on the ground and use Naeem Hines in through the air to to further that passing attack. I I agree, but when you look through that offense, um, I don't think you know they don't really even really pat like how often does Andrew Luck pass to running backs? I mean, he hardly does it. You just talk about Belkai with um. Todd Gurley, he definitely is a bell cow. And I think that alone will help, of course, you know, help the Colts in the run game. Their offensive line is, has gotten even better. I don't even think he needs the targets for the same targets as those other, you know, those other 10 in the, you know, in our top 10. But he's an every down back. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think, um, I definitely think Marlon Mack, is an every down back. He just he just got to stay healthy. He can't those soft tissue issue, uh, injuries, the the hamstrings and all that stuff. He's got to he's got to work through that somehow. Because if That's he, true. if he can, he's another one that has the potential because of the offense that he's in to be able to crack the top 10. Because who's going to get all those goal line looks outside if you're not passing the ball? Marlon Mack is going to get those uh he's going to get those those touches in the red zone. Right. Um, I actually have his ranking for uh, his red zone touches. He had 39 last season, which ranked 10th among running backs. So that's you see where he's getting the uses. He's in the top 10 in uh, in red zone touches. Um, I want to jump back to Joe Mixon real quick. Joe Mixon, I think his numbers for the red zone are going to be up if he can stay healthy as well. That's why I think that he'll have a better potential at number 11 than Marlon Mackwood because he has 37 red zone touches and he ranked 12. So they're very close to each other. But I think the the Bengals kind of lean a little bit more towards the run, just watching the games. But like I said, if either one of these guys, you could probably flip-flop them back at 11 and 12 and be fine with whoever you select, and it'll be good. I think but Joe Mixon gets the edge for me because he's just more – He's used more in the passing game than uh, Marlon Mack is. So I already gave you my twelve. Who do you have, Mark? For uh, who you have coming in at number twelve? Okay, so this may cause a little bit of controversy per Twitter, but I actually have Leonard Fournette, um, and I'm gonna tell you why. Because I think with last year, you know, teams the same thing that happened to the Cowboys last year. Teams were stacking a box against them because of Blake Bortles. They had no passing threat. Although you know, they got DJ Tark, they had uh, what's the other, D.D. Westbrook. It, it was relatively easy to 
stop them because you have no you have you don't have a QB that can throw the ball down the field get to those open receivers. But I think with the addition of Nick Foles, I think that's going to be huge for the Jaguars, and I think that's going to open up so much uh, space for Leonard Fournette to uh, get those big plays, get those yards. I think we are, I think I'm going to see a huge season from Leonard Fournette. I'm talking about a thousand yards, twelve touchdowns at least. I wish I could be as optimistic as you, but last year between him being injured, missing all of that time, yep, and then coming back and then getting suspended, like. He he does have the potential to be a top tier running back. He's just a he's not he's a knucklehead and he's injury prone. So it's like you can't have both of those things. I like I have him ranked. I do have him ranked in the top twenty, but I don't have him nearly as high as you do. I do believe in that upside, but that injuries the injuries that he's had, the time the amount of time he's missed. It's just too big of a risk to take him that early in the draft. If I could get him as a, a RB2, a, low, a lower end RB2, I'd be fine with that. Like if it's, if we're going into the third, late in the third round, or if he slides because people are scared to pick him because of the injury history, and I can snake him as a three, that would be golden. Right. I, it's not likely because you're going to, you're going into the third and fourth round. Leonard Fournette is probably not making it past the uh, fourth round. But if he's right. there, yeah, I'll take him. But I, I can't, I can't take him early. I can't. I, I mean, like you said, I am extremely optimistic, and this is like no bias. You know, it's not like uh, I'm a real big fan of him, but I do think Nick Foles will open up that that uh fill for for Leonard Fournette. And if I'm right, you're going to have a big season. We'll see. Too rich for my blood. <laughs> All right. Coming in at number 13, I have Devonta Freeman. Now, mm. he had injuries last year, too. He only played uh, two games last season before being knocked down with uh, groin and knee injuries, but he's fully recovered. He's fully healthy, and he's ready to go for it, the Atlanta Falcons. One thing I like about Devontae Freeman is that when you look at the backfield, there's nobody back there to take real to take a real big chunk out of his carries. Edo Smith, he doesn't seem like he's going to threaten Devontae Freeman for targets and carries as big as maybe Tevin Coleman would. And Tevin Coleman's gone. He's in San Fran now. So basically, right. the backfield belongs to... Um, Devonta Freeman. Uh, he because he got hurt last season, you couldn't really use his numbers since he only played two games. So I went back to 2017. He had mm-hmm. 196 carries. Uh, he was ranked 20th, 47 targets, was ranked 23rd among running backs. But he had 39 red zone touches, was ranked uh, 11th for running backs, and he finished 13th in uh, standard and 14th in PPR. So he's on the he's on the cusp. If he can get more of those carries that he had split with with Telvin Coleman, I think that's where the value comes in in getting a guy like Devontae Freeman. And I don't think I think his his injuries are more I would say aggressive than say a Leonard Fournette, but they're not really soft tissue issues. Like Leonard Fournette was hamstrings, 
Devontae Freeman had like he was he had concussions and he had a uh, the groin injury. That's done now, you know, as far as uh, his injuries go. Leonard Fournette, a hand, he could pop his hammy running uh, seventy yards in one game and then be out for the next five weeks. So I, I would rather <laughs> take the risk on Devontae Freeman um, as the thirteenth running back coming off the board than I would say a Leonard Fournette. Okay, and with my thirteenth, I have. My fault. I have Sony Michelle. Ooh. Yeah. Um. I got him pretty high. Um. He produced well for Bill Belichick and the uh, Patriots last year. Uh, Patriots are never gonna have you know uh that stud running back, but he he's pretty good. And as much as you know, although Tom Brady checks down or James White is their receiving back, he does show promise as far as targets. Uh. And receiving, and he also he can be an every down back, and I think the Patriots, and as far as they go, and they play in the AFC, what's that East? Um, it's the easiest division in the entire NFL, and I don't see either of the defenses at six games where Sony Michelle could get off. He's a pretty good running back. I'm surprised you have Monty Freeman as high, although he played two games. That's a shot, but Sony Michelle, I think he takes off uh, next year. He had a good rookie year, and I don't. I'm sorry, I don't see how you got Devontae Freeman 13 well, rookie year. He he did. He had nine for almost a thousand see uh, uh, rushing yards, averaged four and a half a carry. He also had those six touchdowns, uh, which is very Ezekiel Elliott like, but. Um, <laughs> although he only had seven receptions for 50, for 50 yards, I do see uh, him being a bigger part in the Patriots' offense. And, yeah. See, I, I had to disagree with you there because we all know how Bill Belichick uses running backs to the point where they're not really trustworthy week to week. Now, I will say... Sony Michelle did have a good rookie season. But do you have to look at why he had a good rookie season? Rex, okay. Rex Burkhead was hurt. Jeremy Hill hurt himself in the up or during training camp. So that's two backs down right there. James White took over as the passing down uh, running back. And then Sony Michelle took off. Okay, quick question. Go ahead. Be honest. Do you see Sony Michelle? I mean, I'm sorry. Philip, uh, I'm. All over the place. Rex Burkhead being back to how his role was originally with the Patriots. I don't. I think Sonny Michelle becomes their lead back. And when it's third and six, third and four, that's when James White will come in and do do James White. He'll get those passes. But I don't I don't see anybody else taking those carries away from Michelle, I just don't. And I would agree with that logic if we were talking about another team. But when you look at the Patriots and you look at what they do uh, with their running backs out of the backfield, it's still confusing. You would think with the way that Sonny Michelle played, he should be the number one running back in for the Patriots. Right. But you would be like, oh yeah, Sonny Michelle could have a game one week where he scores Two touchdowns, he has uh, 98 yards rushing, 20 yards receiving, 
And then the next two weeks, we ain't heard from him because Rex Burkhead is getting the carries. And James White is getting the carries. And he's getting the targets. And now they just drafted uh, Damian Harris uh, during, during the 2019 draft. It's but like, see, one, where does he one fit thing, in? One thing you're forgetting, though, is you're not drafting Tony Michelle in the first, second, third round, maybe. He is going to be that flex or your backup running back. I don't know, man. So as your flex or your backup running back, you're telling me that he won't produce? I'm telling you he will. I think that he's going to go, he may go higher uh, than you think because of the fact that when you start going down, when I like when I start going down the rest of my list, you have a lot of guys that have upside, but they're injury prone. You're looking at right. at this point, you're looking at RB twos. Right. Like, you, you should already have by this time you get by the time you get to these guys, you should already have either your number one running back or your number one wide receiver, and you should be coming around and getting your new number one running back. Well, as we go through this list, you'll see especially when we get closer to the second half of this list. You'll see, uh, well, particularly mine. Sony Michelle, I, I, I think you're right. I think you're right in the fact that he can be he can be a big piece in that uh, rushing attack for the Patriots. The problem is is that you can't trust Bill Belichick week to week as far as uh, running back. You, uh, I've tried it through a few years of fantasy. I've managed <laughs> to hit maybe once uh, with James White last season, and that was via trade. So he's he's Bill Belichick just makes it too unpredictable to rely on drafting a running back like Sony Michelle. If I could, like I like I agree with what you said too. If I can get him as a flex, that's golden. But I don't think that you're going to exactly. be able to get him as a flex, especially in a 12 team league. All right. Okay. Well, hopefully Bill don't mess mess this up. I mean, I, I definitely think he is a running back. I I, th- I, th- I don't think he has a Zeke or a Saquon potential. I think he has poten- James Conner potential. I mean, if, if Bill Belichick uses him the correct way. I, I can agree with that. All right, let's keep going. At 14, I have Damian Williams from Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Now, I really like Damian Williams. The problem is, is his ADP is too freaking high. <laughs> like, and the reason I say that, well, I still I felt this way prior to the news that uh, the Kansas City Chiefs offensive coordinator came out and said, you know what, Williams is our starter because there was a lot of speculation about how Williams would be used. Right. Uh, you had Carlos Hyde coming in. They have a six-round draft pick running back that they have back there. I can't remember his name, but it's a little, it seems like it's a little crowded, but for offensive coordinator to come out and say, yo, you know what? Don't worry about all that. Williams is our starter. And I think that if he gets into, if he gets those snaps that a starter would get, the potential for him to excel in an offense that is so dynamic with Patrick Mahomes back there, right? it's just, it looks really good on paper. The problem I the only problem I see is the lack of wide receivers impacting the run game because we don't know what's going to happen with Tariq Hill yet. Nicole Hartman, the wide mm-hmm. receiver that they drafted this year, yeah, everybody's trying to put him in the Tariq Hill role, 
Like he's going to be, it's hard for rookie wide receivers to come in and just take over. And you're, you're expecting him to replicate Tariq Hill. I don't think that that's possible. Right. And then you got Sammy Watkins on the other side who can't stay healthy. And he hasn't done anything since his fantastic year in, um, with the Buffalo Bills. So your wide receiver, your wide receiver core looks kind of dank. That's my only concern, but we'll see as the season, as the offseason goes on, what will happen with a Tariq Hill. I think if, like I said, if Damian Williams can get them carries, he's going to be a problem. He's got that speed. Uh, he, he looks like, uh, watching a few games, I actually thought like at some point it was Tariq Hill getting the ball out of the backfield. He was moving that fast. Right. He is um, fast. Yeah. And he had six, he had, uh, Six touchdowns last season in five games. That's pretty good. And if you mm-hmm. can get that kind of production out of him over a 16-game season, he's going to be fantastic. He can catch out of the backfield. He can run between the tackles. And he's so fast that once he gets that one cut and go, he gets, he's going to burn by most linebackers. And another high point I found, you know, doing a little background on him is that uh, he had a 95.8% catch rate through those five games last season, and you wow. know how much Andy Reid loves pass catching running backs. Yep. So I think that plays into his favor of being used as opposed to a Carlos Hyde, who's not, who hasn't really been used as a pass catching back. He's more of a ground and pound guy, but he's had durability issues of his own uh, the last couple of seasons as well. So I think Damian Williams could take over for uh, Kareem Hunt. He may not be Kareem Hunt on the ground, you know, because of how well Kareem Hunt was uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs. But I think the drop-off will be less significant than people realize. Okay, so now this one is a reach. Okay. Mm-hmm. This for, will be 13? This is uh, 14. 14? I got Dalvin Cook. All right. Um, I like it's, that. It's, it's, it's not a bad epic per se but i know he's been dealing with injuries but i think this year her cousins he still is there and if they would have i think if they would have had a running back uh like Dalvin cook they or if they turn him into a bell cow i think they'll be a little better you know he runs well almost five yards a carry although he only had 615 yards. Like I said, he's was injured. Only two touchdowns. Not great either. But one thing I look at as well, he had 49 targets. And out of those 49 targets, he caught 40 of them. 40 of them. 81.6 catch uh, percentage. 305 yards in the air. I think for your flex spot, Alvin Cook may... He may uh, be, he may be exactly what you need in that role. Again, not ranked too high, not ranked too low. I think fourteen is perfect for Dalvin, but I also need to see offense as well. I mean, the Vikings last year were a huge disappointment, uh, but what else do you expect from a Kirk Cousins-led team? But I definitely <laughs> think he needs. A running back to make him look a little better. And I think next year, 
Dalvin Cook being healthy, he can maybe take take that next step. Because if I think if he would have played those five games in the season, he may have had a thousand yards. Touchdowns you definitely would like to see go up because you know we had that big argument on Twitter as well as far as scoring. I need to see that go up, but I definitely do think with him being healthy, healthy that will take them to the next step with him being the bell cow though. He has to be he has to be or at least he has to try to be Adrian what Adrian Peterson was for the Vikings. I'm not saying he is going to be that, but he, he needs to uh try. At least. They gotta try to figure out a way to utilize him best. But I do think he will have a big year this year being healthy. I, I have to agree that it's a reach because of his injury history. And the other thing you have to worry about is he can be used. They're trying to use him as a bell cow. The problem is his body can't handle it. Right. If 15 games in two seasons is not good at all. So you need, he needs to stay healthy. I, I really believe that the potential is there for him to have a good year. But if his body can't handle it through a 15 game, a 16 game season, then all that talent doesn't do any good when you're on the right. sidelines. And I think that's why they drafted Alexander Madison, because they know if any event that he goes down, they don't want to put no-name guys or guys that they don't really have faith in to try and carry the run game for the rest of the season. Right. So they went and drafted Alexander Madison. Uh, he looks like he could be the type of back that could come in and maybe not miss a beat, maybe as far as the running game, because I think Dalvin is a better pass catcher than Madison, but Dalvin just has to stay healthy. And that's the and, and that's the and that's the crazy thing is it's just health. Usually, when you're dealing with a running back uh, like Dalvin, or you know, usually we deal with a running back who gets hurt. We just talking about Devonta Freeman. Usually, you know, it's, it's other issues with him. It's strictly health because when he plays, you see how you see how good he could be. But like you said. All that, all that talent don't matter if you can't stay healthy. So, of course, this list is based based on everybody being healthy, which he is supposed or supposed to be. So, if he is healthy, I'm I'm looking at a big year. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you can't, you're not gonna be able to base rankings off. You have to, everything has to influence your rankings. Right. That's why ours is totally different than, you know, than each other. And it's, then you, it's not gonna be the same. Right, and then you also looking at the Vikings receiving core, which takes so much press pressure off of, you know, takes so many people out of that box. He, he need he has, this has to be a big year for him. If not, I suggest that the Vikings let him go. That's the only way I see it. But this has, this has to be a big year for him. He, he's in a perfect situation. Yeah, he is. You got the best, you got one of the best wide receiver tandems for the team. Kirk Cousins is, Decent, he can carry an he can carry an offense. He just gotta throw some cojones um, uh, uh, on yep. one of those primetime games. Yep. But, but he's 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 in a perfect situation where they specialize at throwing the ball. And I agree with you. If I have Dalvin Cook as my, he's on my personal list. Like if I draft him, I have a strategy prepared. So if I draft Dalvin Cook. I'm definitely coming around. Don't tell your strategy. Don't I, t- no, I, no, it doesn't no, matter. No, no. I cut him listen, off. I cut him listen, off, fellas. 
listen, listen, listen. <laughs> We're already in the same league. I talk fantasy football a lot. It doesn't even matter. Because I have one or two ways. You can't stop me. I have one or two ways. If I get Dalvin Cook, I'm either going to draft running back heavy or I'm going to come around and get Alexander Madison. If you're going to take Alexander Madison, you better hope your team is stacked because you could end up that could have ended up being a piece that you could have used to get somebody else. If you you don't play, I don't draft to try and block people. That that's not a good move. I play to get my build the best team that I can. Right. So, but let's keep going. Yeah. Uh, number fifteen. Now I have Derrick Henry at number fifteen. Really? Yeah. Wow. Um, this might seem like it's a little high, but I think that the Titans organization is finally coming around to the fact that they need to get him the ball more, especially after that five game stretch that he had last year where he was just running over almost everybody. Like, did you see what he did to Jacksonville last year? Yeah, Derrick Henry, that game against the Jaguars was just ridiculous. He had 17 carries for 238 yards, and he averaged 14 yards a carry. Dude was a freaking monster. And to score four touchdowns on one of the supposedly best defenses, I mean, they weren't there. They weren't that good last year. But now this offseason, they've gotten that wake-up call, and I think that they're genuinely going to give Derrick Henry the ball. And if they do, if they give him those carries that he got the last five weeks of 2018 – and he gets those all season or something close to that, he could really be that guy to maybe crack the top 10. The only problem I have, they don't use him enough in the passing game. And because they have Deion Lewis, Deion Lewis will be that change of pace guy for Derrick Henry. That's it? Yeah. I mean, that was it. <laughs> I, I'm just, I was expecting you to keep going. Um, no, I, I said my piece on Derrick Henry. That's why I have him ranked at 15. You know, he could – if he could get into the passing game, he would be a little higher. But like I said, they have Deion Lewis there. So it kind of ham- they're going to still going to split the carries somewhat. But I think this season, Derrick Henry will get more of a share in those carries. Um, he may not get enough work in the passing game to, you know, legitimately be a top 10, but he's definitely top 20. And I, I think getting him as your RB2 that should put him in a place where he should get enough work to be valuable. Okay. So for my f- number 15, I have Carrion Johnson. Ooh. Um, he showed, uh, you talking about flashes. He showed some great flashes last season. I know, you know, obviously he was a rookie. Um, he finished with 641 yards and three rushing touchdowns. Now, if you're just listening to the numbers, that don't sound that great. But when you look kind of like midway or, you know, when you start looking at the games, he had a big game against the Dolphins, another solid game against the um, the Panthers. But what he shows is that he definitely is a workhorse. I think going into this season, no more Golden Tate, uh, Matthew Stafford. You know, the Lions pretty much are the same. I do expect him to get a lot more uh, carries this season, and he showed that he could be really productive when the ball is in his hands. So I would use that. That's definitely a sleeper that, if, you know, that I would use going into next season, because if you get him and the Lions schedule, if you look at the Lions schedule, 
next season, their schedule is sweet. I'm expecting him to, let's say, I'll go around 900 yards and give me maybe seven touchdowns. I'm not going to go all crazy with that, but I do think that's realistic in what he was able to do last year in that amount of time. And I, you know what? I, I actually like uh, on Johnson. The only thing that concerns me is that they're going to run the ball, but they have C.J. Anderson there. You have yep. – I can't remember the the passing bound the passing down back they always use. You got Zach Zenner. You they got a they're deep at running back. My only concern is that they're really going to try and turn it into a committee because Matt Patricia just uh, it's they're conflicting because Matt Patricia came out and said you know we're gonna take it easy on carry on we're not gonna overload him and blah 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 and that was like kind of a damper in the beginning of the off season. Then the offensive coordinator came out and said, you know what, we're going to be a running team. We're going to run the ball. So right. generally you think that, hey, well, if the offensive coordinator says they're going to run the ball, you know, that's big numbers for carry on because he's, he just got there. He's the best running back that they have. And it, it would be, it would make sense for them to use him. Exactly. That, even if you're going to use CJ Anderson too, he should. Well, be- I look at CJ Anderson more as, the running back you put in, we, you know, he he's the second or third string running back. He's not a starter in the NFL anymore. And with that being said, I do expect Carryon to maybe get one. I, I expect Carryon or C.J. Anderson to be a third down back, and Carryon, you know, he'll get time to catch his breath in that offense. He'll get time to come back in and run. I I just think if well, this like you said, if they use carry on more i think i think it could be a real good pick especially you know for fantasy and as as much as the lions throw the ball that opens up a lot for runs uh play actions he's not too bad in the backfield as far as catching he got nothing but potential in that lineup so i i I was a little sour on him in the beginning of the offseason but you know everything is in flux until you get to like deep into training camp and preseason starts so I, 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 I could see, I could see taking him in a couple of leagues. Not nothing crazy, but just to test the waters and see where he's at. Right, and if you could get him as a bench, you don't even have to use him as a flex. But if you could get him as a bench running back, he'll give you some pretty solid numbers. He, he, he I think he also averaged about five and a half uh, rushing yards per attempt. So that's pretty good. Yeah. Okay. Look he got, he got great ball carrier vision. I, I expect big things. All right. Let's keep it going. Um, at 16, I have Aaron Jones. Now, wow. I want to put him higher. He just does so much in the Green Bay Packers offense. When you have a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers and you have the wide receiver weapons that they have, they're going to give Geronimo Allison another look. They got uh, Mark. I can't say his name, but it's like his initials are MVS. It's like Mark Marquez, Van Vantling, Scatling, or something something like crazy. But he's one of the running uh, wide receivers. Excuse me, who they picked up last season during a uh, during a draft. Aaron Rodgers, and they got Jimmy Graham, who I think is going to be he's going to be better this year than he was. I'll, we'll talk about tight ends in our, in another episode. But Aaron Jones is the running back for the Green Bay Packers. It just seems like the front office of the Packers just don't get it. 
And when you look at what he does on the field, he averaged uh, five yards, five and a, five and a half yards a carry, two seasons in a row. The only knock against Aaron Jones is that he gets hurt. Um, he only played 12 games last year. He played 12 games in 2017. So I kind of get why they want to do a, a running back by committee. But when you compare Aaron Aaron Jones to Jamal Williams, they just don't they just they don't compare. Aaron Jones is way better than Jamal Williams. If and he's good in the passing game. The only other knock that you know folks may have on Aaron Jones is that he's a little suspect in pass protection. Right. But that's something that you can work on. If he can if he can continue to work at that one small thing, the sky's the limit in that kind of offense. And on top of that, Aaron Rodgers was practically begging for him to get more snaps last year. You got the one of the best quarterbacks in the league vouching for you. That's everybody want to blame Aaron Rodgers for getting Mike McCarthy fired, but Mike McCarthy was a moron for not even using Aaron Jones as much as he could have earlier on in the season last year. Mm-hmm. You, you you haven't had a Green Bay Packers haven't had a run game in forever, but now they got a guy in uh, a versatile running back in Aaron Jones, and it's like, oh no, we're gonna stick him in a running back by committee with Jamal Williams. Like, come on, man. Right. Well, my – what were we on? 16, right? Yep. Okay. My 16, you might like this. I got Josh Jacobs. Ooh, okay. Um, Josh Jacobs with the Raiders. Of course, this has something huge to do with Antonio Brown being there. I feel like the Raiders will take a step forward. I think they'll be more so like the Steelers, how it was with Big Ben. Uh, Antonio Le'Veon. I'm not saying he will be Le'Veon, but having that threat in the backfield with Josh Jacobs and also the injury, so you know he's going to be starting now. They also the Raiders also signed Trent Brown, offensive tackle, able you know he's beefs up their offensive line also with Devi Jordan Devi. Now when you look into J- Josh Jacobs' college years. They are not spectacular, but he does produce. In his first year, he had 567 rushing yards, four touchdowns, but he averaged almost seven yards a carry. The next year, I believe he was, uh, I believe he was hurt his sophomore year. He only played 11 games, and out of those 11 games, he did also average 6.2. And then his last year, his junior year, put up 640 yards. Average of 5.3 with 11 touchdowns and also had 247 yards passing as well with an average of 12 yards. So I think bringing that to the Raiders, I think that offense will take a huge leap. I think that that offense will go sky high and then he'll be in the same position that Le'Veon was in with the Steelers. And um, I'm looking forward to it. I think that's, I think it's a little bit of a reach. But um, who who got injured, Will, for the Raiders? Uh, I say Crowell. Yeah, yeah, Crowell. I always forget this dude. Ain't nothing special. But he got hurt. <laughs> Josh, Josh Jacobs definitely is going to be starting. And I'm looking uh, for a pretty good year. You, If you actually get Josh Jacobs, I would go as far as starting him. That's how much potential he may have with that Raiders team. I'm just saying. Yeah, well, I mean, when you look at the roster – um, and a depth chart for 
the Raiders, there's nobody really behind him except for Doug Martin. And, you know, Doug Martin wasn't nothing to write home about last season. That's why they went out and drafted Josh Jacobs. Right. And so, then I actually was going to put him in my top 10, but he's a rookie. I didn't want, you know what I'm saying? I didn't want to put him in a top 10 with nothing to show for. So I had to put him down a little bit more. Yeah, that would have been a little uh, a little hot takey-ish uh, to do that. I'll say that. That would have been uh, gussy to say the least. Uh, to put him in your top ten, right? Exactly. Okay, so moving on. Okay, now we already touched on this a little bit before, so I won't get into it too much. But I, like I said, I had Dalvin Cook at seventeen, and you know it's pretty plain and obvious to see why he's why I have him ranked low. I I like Dalvin Cook, and I think he has the upside to do big numbers in the Vikings offense. But when you can't stay healthy. That's a big knock, you know. That's a big knock to me because if I'm drafting a running back and he can't stay healthy, he's only played 15, 15 games in two seasons. That's um, a cause for concern for me because I'm spending at least a second or third round pick when I'm looking to build my fantasy team. I'm not willing to spend a top three pick on a guy who can't stay on the field. That just it's just going to come back and bite you. If I can get him as a flex or I draft a running back mm-hmm. or I go back-to-back with uh, running back picks, that'll make me feel more comfortable because now I know if Dalvin Cook goes down, I got depth. So that's something that I always look into. He's got – he averaged 4.7 yards per carry while he was on the field. But like I said, he can't stay on the field. Is is kind of a knock. That's why I have him at 17. That's the good thing about uh these rankings is we, <laughs> y'all get to see two different angles. But um for my 17 pick, I have uh Devontae Freeman, who I believe was injured wow. all of yeah. Yeah, I would say he was injured almost all of last year, but it's hard to knock the production that he has had outside of last year. The only reason I have him as low was because of the injury. But when you look at the Falcons, they hardly have made any changes. And they were in desperate need of a running back last year. And I think with him being back and healthy, uh, he'll go back to that 2016-2017 Freeman that we've seen before. Uh, 16 had almost 1,100 rushing yards with 11 touchdowns. And then the year before that, he had 865 with seven touchdowns. So if he's healthy, I'm looking at that same – I'm looking at that uh, production going right back up where it was. Last year was more of an anomaly for Devontae Freeman. But they're saying – you know, reports are saying he's well. He's he's ready to go for camp. And, man, to have him at 17, you when you look at the backfield there, Edo Smith is not – someone that I feel threatened, you know, when it comes to shares for the running backs to the right Edo didn't really do much to be like, oh, man, Devontae Freeman better watch out. So I think Devontae got the – he's got the backfield to himself for the most part. Exactly. If he goes down again, then you might be looking at Edo Smith to, you know, to carry the load. But I think it's all Freeman. And with Dirk Cutter – as the new offensive coordinator, well, he's he was their offensive coordinator before, now but now he's back there, and he likes to pass the ball. I think uh, Freeman will be more involved in the passing game, 
uh, this season. So that that adds to his value. I just couldn't. I wouldn't. I couldn't put him that far down my list like you did. Who? You did. I got Devontae Freeman at thirteen. You got him at uh, seventeen. Well, but I mean, who I had it? I I got Sony Michelle at thirteen, and that makes more sense. I'm just saying. Okay. But let's keep going. At 18, I have Leonard Fournette. Now, mm. you have Leonard Fournette ranked a little higher. Where, where did you have him ranked again? I had Leonard Fournette ranked at 12. Okay. Yeah. As much as I like uh, the ability of Leonard Fournette, between him being hurt and him being a bonehead, no, I, yeah, I can't. That's a big problem. The boneheadedness. I, I can't. Yeah, you. I can't have him that high. He's one of those guys that if he falls in the draft because, of, you know, people are leery of picking him up because of what happened last year, I might take a stab at him, but he's got to be my third running back. And the likelihood of that happening is a little rare because of where he's being drafted at. He's going probably at the end of the second, mid-third round. Right. If he slides to like the fourth, I might come back around and, gre- and creep him depending on what uh, what league I'm in. But Leonard Fournette, he just he, – his production is there. You know what he can do. He can he can be an asset in the passing game. Nick Foles being there should ward off guys from loading the box on the uh, Jaguars. But, you know, those – he went down with a hamstring. And when he went down, it's not like – from what you could tell, it looked like he just fell mm. over. You know, that that's concerning to me. If that's all it took to take him out for as much time as he missed last season, uh, I don't want him. Right. You know? But, but injuries are you can't, that's a freak accident. That's that and I, that's that's true, but you kinda you have to factor some of that in because you know, everybody's not gonna be everybody's not gonna be hurt in the beginning of the season and then until they are. Right. When you look at running backs, you look at how durable they are, you look how how many games they've missed. And then you kind of gauge that factor into their value. I'm not saying that Leonard Fournette is not a good running back. He could he could be a top. He could be a he could definitely be a top ten running back. But when you have that cloud of injury hovering over you that can strike at any moment, compared to a guy like uh, you know Ezekiel Elliott, your Saquon Barkley, your David. Now David Johnson could be considered that way too but his wrist injury was just that right you know what i mean he never popped a hammy he didn't break his foot you know none of that stuff so he's not david johnson is not considered an injury risk leonard fournette is but like i said you can't deny the talent that he has i he's it's just more riskier to draft him for where his price is okay i i mean it's hard for me to agree with you only because where I got Leonard Fournette ranked. So, yeah, you're crazy on that one. <laughs> I wouldn't say crazy, but I had—I mean, I had good reasoning of why I had him that high. So, I, I mean, I can't, it's hard for me to disagree with you. You make valid points, but I got—I like normally do. Well, I'm pretty sure the people <laughs> who've been listening to the other podcasts know. That's not true. <laughs> but all right. So for my 18th, I have Chris Carson. Um, okay. 
He put up. He had a real, he had a real good year last year. He did miss two games, but he did end the year with eleven hundred yards, nine touchdowns, and a four point seven average. And as much as the Seahawks run the ball, I'm expecting him to put do the same thing, the same exact thing. And then um, I believe also uh, with uh, Rashad Penny, he's mm-hmm. you know uh, he'll take some of the workload off of him as well, but that that year he had last year was phenomenal, and he proved that he could be that type of back. The only reason why I don't have him as high as I do is because it's only one year, you know, that that he, you know, obviously played that well. The first year he played, although he only played four games, it, he didn't look as good as he did last year. So he definitely improved. The first year, I believe he had like 208 rushing yards. But like I said, he missed darn near the whole season. But I just got to I, I gotta be proven or I got to show or be proven more uh, that he could continue to do that. But it should be easy for him in that Seahawks offense where they handcuff Russell Wilson so much. So 18th is where he sits. I actually like that. Um Depending on who you got your next two, that's actually a, a pretty good. My next for, uh, two are definitely not moving, so I don't care how how much hype they get throughout the next couple of weeks. They're staying in the same spot. <laughs> are you being stubborn? Yeah, I'm being stubborn. All right, I like the Chris Carson. I have him ranked a little lower, but we'll get in. We'll get into why I have him like ranked a little lower. Let's keep going to 19. Okay. At 19, I have Kenyon Drake. Oh, my. Wait, wait, wait. Can you stop right there? I have him at 19 as well. So I'm pretty sure anything you're about to say, we both feel the same way. So go ahead. I'll let you start, and I'll pick you back off of it. All right. right. Great minds think alike for a change. (laughs) I, I like Kenyon Drake at 19. I think a lot of people are sleeping on him. You don't have Adam Gase. Messing around with the running back rotation there, you know you don't have him favoring uh, carries to Frank Gore anymore. Frank Gore is in Buffalo; they got that whole mess up there. They can deal with that. You only have Kenyon Drake and Kalen Balaj there as your one and two running mm-hmm. backs, and Drake proved last season that he is he should be the bell cow for Miami. He averaged four point five yards per carry on only one hundred and twenty carries. That's how much they was yanking him around. And he didn't get hurt last season. He was just not being used. Nine yards of uh, reception last year. He had nine touchdowns over, uh, total. Like, he was producing last year. For whatever reason, they decided that, you know, nah, we're going to give the ball to Frank. We're going to give it a little bit to Kenyon Drake. And then we're going to give a little bit to – like, you can't – when your passing offense is as skittish as it was last year, Running the ball should be the next best thing you should be doing, and they refuse to give it to one running back. I don't like, and you may not know this, but I hate, hate running back by committees. They are the dumbest thing that has been introduced to the NFL. Now, I will say some Ooh, of Ooh, shots fired, Eagles. Don't, don't even get me started on them, because I think they're dumb too. You have Miles Sanders, who's better than – I think he's better than Jordan Howard. He's a better pass catcher than Corey Clement. Even though the guy is young and he's a rookie, 
you have one of the best offensive lines in Philadelphia. You have one of the best passing attacks with all those wide receivers that they have and tight ends. And you got Carson Wentz there who just got broke off. You mean to tell me Miles Sanders can't succeed as the bell cow in that offense? Come on, man. Well, I would say it's easy for us to say because we got Zeke. So there is no running back by committee. But we should have had a running back by committee, if you want to be honest. Um, what? Why? No, no, no. I'm, I'm talking about, or I guess that's where it works sometimes, because we needed that production when Zeke was suspended. You mean you needed a backup? Or well, well yeah, we needed a backup. And with the running back by, what that does is <laughs> you have options. You always have options. So I mean, it's a, it's a win, it's a win lose. Like, it's fifty fifty. See, the only thing about that is they had they had to go to a committee last year. I mean, uh, 2017, when Zeke was suspended, they had Rod Smith and Alfred Morris, and they were averaging over 100-something some yards a game. Right. It wasn't the fact that they, that committee wasn't working. It's the fact that the passing offense was stagnant. When you, And this goes back to – and I'm not going to get heavy into this Dallas Cowboy passing thing 2017 – the offense, the passing offense was bad. And because there was no attempt to be creative and and add something to it, then it didn't work. So because you're because you're running, you can't run the ball all game when you're behind. It doesn't work that way. That's why they lost three games. That's why they couldn't come back against the Eagles. That's why they got smoked against the uh, the Chargers and why they got manhandled in Atlanta. You can't. You can run the game, and they were running the game pretty. They were running the ball pretty well in some mm-hmm. of those games, but a running back by committee, that should only be a that should only be used when your starting running back goes down, and you need the other two guys or however many guys you use after that to help you. And that's why I think Kenyon Drake is going to succeed this year. He's quietly going to be. He's quietly going to have a good season because now you don't have to worry about him getting shuffled in and out. And even if they do incorporate Kalen Blige a little bit more, Drake's already proved that he can be that guy that can get you those yards. He's a tough runner. He's more elusive than he gets credit for. And you did you see that uh that run he did against the New England Patriots? At the end I of did, the I did, I did, yeah. Sick. No, like, but I mean that's a it's just that's a good play. I wouldn't put too much on it because of that play. But this is the reason I have. Him at 19. Like you said, he hasn't been used right. And you look you look through the games, 11 attempts, 6 attempts, 1, 6, 7, 8. At, at a certain point in time, you have to give him – you have to give him some, some tick. You can't – I mean, I don't understand how you start and you get six carries a game. That, 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 that's, that. Like, like, that's unbelievable. So, I – and like you said, he he does show some great flashes sometimes, and I do believe, like you said, he needs they need to use him right. And with Gates gone and down in uh, New York, it's a perfect opportunity. And he, for the most part, is the back. So it was crazy. We both had him ranked nineteen. I'm kind of. I think we both got this same person at twenty. But I'm gonna go ahead and wait. Nah, <laughs> you already mentioned your guy at. Uh... You got him ranked a little higher than I do. I have Chris Carson at 20. Oh, uh, okay, okay. Yeah, the reason I got him at 20 is because he's, it's not that he's going to have a bad year. I think he'll be fine. 
you already read off his numbers um, from last season. The Seattle Seahawks were ranked first in rushing last year with 534 attempts. He's going to be, if they continue to run the ball like they did last year, he's going to be fine. The only thing that concerns me is Rashad Penny. He has another right. year in that system. He's going to be more comfortable. He's having a good, you know, training camp, OTAs, whatever you want to call it. Uh, he's doing fine right now. And I believe Chris Carson is on the sidelines. He got a knee scope. Mm-hmm. So while he's, you know, while he's recovering, Rashad Penny's getting all the starting snaps. And they did pick him in the first round uh, two years ago. So he's, he, there's a reason why they went out and grabbed him. But they're going to be splitting that workload for the most for the most part in the season. So that kind of caps, I think that caps what Chris Carson can do. Um, even though they'll be running the ball a little bit more than, you know, the average uh, NFL team. Right. Okay. So, for my 20, I have Jordan Howard. What? I do. And oh, my goodness. It's hard to argue his numbers. Now. Really? Go ahead. Okay, wait, wait. It. Now, your that first list I sent you, remember, he wasn't even on the list. Nope. So. I had to, so like I, you know, like good people do, I had to research. I had to see exactly why, you know, some hype was surrounding him. And then I had to analyze his numbers. I had to, I had to look at everything. You found a hype for Jordan Howard? Yeah. I mean, Twitter and, you know. <laughs> yeah, because that's reliable. <laughs> it's, a, it's a couple fantasy, uh, you know, uh, accounts that I follow. But okay. nonetheless, 2016. Wow, I'm I'm giving I'm gonna give you all the years. I'm just this time we gotta go back. <laughs> Way back, thir- thirteen hundred rushing yards, six TDs, five point two carry average. Twenty seventeen, eleven hundred, four point one carry average, nine touchdowns. Last year, nine hundred and thirty five yards with a three point seven carry average and nine touchdowns. You, but, you did you notice something in that? Why no, you was no, doing no, those numbers? no. Exactly. If you pay attention to what I just said, each year the yards and the carrying average has dropped. Right? But who was the quarterback last year, Will? Mitch. And is Mitch is not a good a good quarterback, or some or from what we've seen last year, he's not a good quarterback. So the well, same. So they so they stack the box. There's no yeah. way. Is, there's no, I mean, outside of Jordan Howard, I think they have Allen Robinson. But if your quarterback can't throw the ball, what the heck? <laughs> That's well, you got to be fair though. Mitch was coming in. Was that his second year last year? He's coming into a new offense with Adam, Adam Gase. No, not Adam Gase. No, the ball from the Kansas City Chiefs. He used to be their offensive coordinator. And now he's over there. I can't think of his name, but he's there now. He he's installing a new offense. You know, it takes time to get get down. He's not going to get it all in one season. He's going to get, you know, bits and pieces until he gets more comfortable in the offense, and then he can grow, and then they'll give him more to do. Mm-hmm. And then Allen Robinson got hurt. Trey Burton disappeared uh, towards the end of the season. And, you know, they weren't really using Taylor Gabriel like that. So they didn't have – they got weapons on paper, but they didn't really but use ex- them. Exactly. They got weapons on paper. So 
just and the Chicago Bears made the playoffs last year, right? Now just imagine if the Bears had had a QB who was pretty good, you know, pretty decent to go along with that defense. And or a QB that could take a little bit of pressure off of Jordan Howard, his numbers would be better. So if he, and you know, and as much as I hate to say this, he's going to a team like the Eagles with Carson Wentz, who you better not stack the box against. Jordan Howard is going to a team with a pretty good quarterback, and the hate, and I hate to say that, but you know how I feel about Wentz. I don't dislike Wentz. I, you know, he's a good quarterback, but he's going to the Eagles. Where they have weapons on the on the offensive end, it's crazy. You have Alshon, you have Deshaun Jackson now, you have Aguilar, you have uh, Ertz, got Dallas Goddard. And you move into that with that offensive line with Jordan Howard. Now the only thing is, like we were just talking about, was running back by committee, and the Eagles actually are the worst with their running backs. So if they if they trust in, just imagine the season if they trust in Jordan Howard to be their number one, and with the production that I've just mentioned, how do you fight against those numbers? If he could put up any one of those years, numbers-wise, for the Eagles, that's that's a that's a great pick. The only reason I have him down at 20 is because how Eagles use running backs. But at the same time, he, he's ranked based on if the Eagles snap out of it. Because if uh, the Eagles were, if they're going to use him any different, then, of course, he would be higher. I would have put him higher on my list. I'm just saying. But those numbers are hard to argue against. Now, another reason why I have him at 20 is because he is not an option as far as passing from the backfield. Nope. If you, if he oh, oh, he oh, is oh. just it's, it's, not a catching back. It's funny that you say passing because recent reports say that he's been working on his passing and uh, catching ability, you know, like he did last year with Chicago. And we all saw how that worked out. Right. Now. I'm not falling for the cap this time. Now, I'm about to say, now, regardless, and this is why people outside of Eagles Nation, because Eagles Nation, if that's even a thing, they don't criticize Carson. Most of them don't. Nope. But times where he needs to check down, Jordan, Jordan Howard's not an option. You might as well scratch that off the list. And that's another reason why I have him ranked as low as I do. If you need, if you're running the plays a running a screen or anything like that, you better put in Clement, better put in somebody else because Howard is not an option. But if he's just there to strictly run and Doug Peterson uses him like how the Bears have, then he's looking at a pretty big year and you possibly will be able to start him. Hopefully for us though, he has a horrible year. But if we just being <laughs> if we being objective, I'm I just think he's moving into the perfect situation. Look only got one thing to say. Miles Sanders, week eight, he's the starter. Book it. Really? Better than Jordan Howard, and he's better than Corey Clement, and he's better than any other running back that they have with that roster. Give him the job. Let him spin. That's all I got to say about that. Okay. I mean, Miles Sanders, he he is going to be really good. If they had any sense, they probably – I mean – but another thing is, though, Will, they got Jordan Howard basically for free. Yeah, but he's they on a one-year deal. Yeah, but that's fine. He, he's, he, they got him for free. So even mm. if he don't work out, you still got that fault. You still got that lean-back option on Miles Sanders. I'm just saying. Uh, I like I like to have an eye on rookie running backs that 
have good potential in an offense that is really good. And like it or not, the Eagles offense is really good. He can, Miles Sanders can thrive in that offense. You don't need to run Jordan Howard ahead of Miles Sanders. Jordan Howard could be Miles Sanders backup if something happens to him. And then you can go and see a lovely committee. Do it that way. Nah, Will. Don't don't take away from Miles Sanders' value. Nah, Will. I'm saying I don't see how a running back that has basically had a thousand yards each year he played comes off the bench to a rookie. I mean, me to me that don't make sense. That's, um, that's like wait, let me put it in perspective. That's like us starting uh Mike uh Weber or uh Tony Pollard or whatever his name is. Uh please don't finish that sentence. And, and putting <laughs> Zeke on the bench. Now I'm not comparing him to Zeke, but I'm saying Almost every year that Zeke or every year Zeke has played, he has a thousand plus rushing yards. But that's why you wouldn't do that. This the the but two scenarios don't match. That's what I'm saying. So, so you gotta start right. Jordan Howard. You got you gotta start him. That's why I said week eight. Give him to midseason. Well, hopefully he does not have a good season. So he can have a good season after the Cowboys loot the Cowboys beat the Eagles. I'm fine with that. He can have a good game then. They still take the L. <laughs> I'm fine with that. No, nah, but I, uh, I kind of like this narrative that Dak gets carried by Zeke because uh, we can talk about no, that. Let's say, uh, let me not finish. I don't even want to say. Now <laughs> uh, let's let's wrap it up. That's this will be the end of our episode for our running backs. We have listed one through twenty. Please leave us a little note. Let us know what you think about our rankings. Uh, we are available on Google. And Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, Radio Public, and a couple of others. So it's no Uh, reason for y'all not to listen. Nope. We are almost everywhere, and we're still growing. So please uh, leave us feedback wherever you can. Let us know what you liked about the uh, podcast. Make sure to subscribe and share with your friends. And I think that's it. You got any other closing remarks you want to make? I do. You said let us know if there's anything you or the things that you do like about the podcast also let us know the things you don't like about the podcast as well so that way we know what to improve on and you know make it easier for you guys to listen in um what else would i like to say next episode should be really fun we move into uh our top 10 receivers so that should Mm -hmm. be that should be fun looking forward to it i'm already working on that now so well i'm already finished so you know (laughs) <laughs> I had to make some changes. <laughs> but, but we'll catch you guys next episode. Thanks for listening. See you guys later.